All right. Man, I tell you, it's so good to get to share these times together. I, I have just really enjoyed, especially these last few weeks, there's something sweet um, about what's happening in uh, this body here. And uh, there's, thank you. Thanks for just what you're bringing to worship and uh, what you, what's going on inside of you and inside of your lives. And, and uh, there's just a, there's a sweetness, uh, and I, I just really appreciate it. And I hope that you can feel that as well, just in how great it is to get to see all of you who choose to be here on Sunday evenings, uh, the people that maybe this is the only time we get to see each other uh, during the week. And, uh, and so I hope that you're getting to feel that as well. You know, I do, I do love meeting together as the church. And uh, I just thought it might be kind of nice if we would just take just a moment and around your tables and somebody next to you, just look at them and say, it's really good to see you. Oh, man. Look back at them and say, it's really good to be seen. Yeah, right? Isn't it great to see one another and great to be seen and just really, so, so, so look at somebody else and just look at them and say, I'm glad you're here tonight. And now look at somebody else. I'm glad you're here tonight. Man, you can't say that without smiling, even if you're being a goofball doing it, right? You got to smile when you say, I'm glad you're here. You know, it's just, it's so true though. And, uh, you know, we, we, we live in a time where there's a lot of darkness and it's, it's important that we have light. And it's important that we have smiles, and it's important that we view humanity and the world through the lens of Jesus, and that's how, that's how we're going to do it tonight. And you know, uh, there's no better way than through a good story. Uh, Jesus, the master storyteller. You know, in fact, something that Jesus did was, was he used this technique that we, we know is it's called a parable, which a parable is just a big $5 word for a good story. And Jesus, the master storyteller, there's multiple different ways that he applies this. And, uh, and so it's, you know, we grew up, you know, perhaps telling stories like the three little pigs and we tell stories, you know, um, like the tortoise and the hare. And they, they help to teach us about stuff, right? We teach it to children and they teach us stories about perseverance. They teach us stories about responsibility, about forgiveness, pride, consequences. They teach us all of these things. And, uh, and it didn't just start then. I mean, Jesus was the one who put all this in motion. He put all this in motion at creation, didn't he? Because you got God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit at creation developing humanity, developing the birds of the sky and the fish of the sea, developing the sky itself and the sea and land and everything. And it's in that moment that we we know that Jesus is already telling the story. And then later on, before we even have what we know as a Bible, you want to know how the story of what God did on this earth was passed down? By stories, people telling the stories. They would put rocks on the side of a river and build those things up. And, and the next thing you know, every time they passed by those, the adults would teach their children, this is what happened here, and that's what this pile of rocks means. And they would tell these stories. And so this is something that's been going on a long, long time. And yeah, we now, we have stories like Three Little Pigs and all that kind of stuff, and that's all well and good. We gotta remember where all of that started and where it comes from. And it comes from Jesus. 
And it comes from Jesus. And these are these amazing stories as the master storyteller. He declares to all humankind in Matthew 13, 9, he says, he says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Let him hear the stories. And sometimes he would tell stories that were just outlandish and extravagant in order to make a point about the truth of the gospel, the truth of the good news of Jesus. And then there's other times that these stories literally happened, and man, they just, and, it's, and they were just telling the story. And it's just this beautiful, beautiful thing. You know why Jesus was the best storyteller? Because we need, we need stories in order to listen. I mean, how many times you get into a room and, and there's this lecture happening and you're just, eyes are rolling back in your head and the next thing you know, the teacher begins to talk about something in their childhood. They begin to tell a story about something that happened. All of a sudden, people begin to perk up and if they're a really good storyteller, they can capture a room in a way like nobody else can. Yeah, we need stories because it gets our attention. You know, something else that happens is, is, is you know, Jesus oftentimes would utilize story in order to kind of pull somebody out of their funk or try to, try to help somebody get off their rear end and do something rather than just kind of sitting back and waiting for something to happen. Jesus utilized stories in ways that changed people, in ways that changed their, their, their um, actions, it changed their thought processes. And so this is an important piece of our puzzle. And what we have to be careful of is to not be too busy. To not be so busy. And y'all, here we are. It's the fall. I get it. Yeah, in a lot of ways, things lock into place with schedules and all that kind of thing. But in a lot of other ways, there's a whole lot more stuff that gets added to the calendar. And it gets busy. We got to be careful to not be too busy living our lives that we forget to listen to the story of God. That's why you're here tonight, of course. We gotta not be too busy to listen to the story of God throughout the week as we open our Bible and we read God's word. We gotta be careful to not be so busy that, that we miss the story of God by watching people. And that's the way we're living our lives. And there's the story of God that's happening. You know, tonight we're gonna discover something that's important. Uh, more than one thing that's important, but one of the things important is did you know that you are one of Jesus's parables? You are living Jesus's parable. You are a living, breathing story telling the God story. The way you live your life, the way you choose what you choose, the way you decide what you decide, the way you respond in certain situations and, and circumstances and all of that, you're telling the story. You see, following Jesus is far more than just doing all the right things. Because you can manufacture for plenty of time. but You can't fake the God story because eventually it's going to get too difficult for you to keep it going. The story, we are the parable of Jesus. All of us telling the story for all to hear. And here's what I mean by that. I mean, think about this. Think about this for just a second. You know, the reason I say this is there's, there's, the Lord is, is at work in everyone's life on this earth. And think about this when this happens, okay? So imagine you're, you get a phone call from your daughter, and she's been involved in a car accident. What do you do? 
You first of all, make sure that she's okay, right? You secondly, make sure that the people in the other vehicle are okay, right? And then what do you do? What were you thinking? I'm just kidding. You don't do that, right? What you do is you say, what happened? In other words, tell me the story. What happened? Make sure she's okay. Make sure the other people are okay. Make sure they understand cars are just cars. Eh, They're the only ones on this earth. And then what happened? Tell me the story. You know, imagine you've got a friend who's been away at camp for a week. You've got a friend who's been away at work for a week. They're at a a celebration for their company. And you come to find out that that your friend got a a promotion at their work and they got honored for this amazing accolade that they did. Or you found out that your friend, they got like camper of the week or whatever the case may be. And what do you ask them? How'd you do it? What happened? Tell me the story. And you're wanting to know the story. And what we understand is that through these nuances of our lives and as they intersect with one another, the Lord is putting together the tapestry. He's painting a picture for all of us to see and God is telling the story and all of us are intertwined. In fact, scripture tells us that we are actually building this kingdom. We're building the buildings of faith. And so all of us intertwined, we begin to tell this story and it takes our individual lives telling the story of Jesus. And so here is the important truth that we're, that we're getting to. And we're gonna develop this a little bit, but the, the important truth that we're getting to is that in our stories, our lives either accept or reject Jesus. So we have to understand that the story that we're telling, are we telling the story of Jesus by the things that we do? And like I said, it's not about manufacturing the story of Jesus. This isn't about you doing all the right things to make Jesus look good. You can't make Jesus look good. Jesus doesn't need you to make him look good. Jesus is good whether you do things good or not. But it's important that we understand that as we live our lives, the why behind what we do The reason that we do what we do is because we've given Jesus the ability to to tell his story through us. And so we say, God, write your story. And God begins to write the story. Highs and lows and everything in between. Christ is with us through it all. He begins to tell the story. And so our lives, either we're saying, we're, we're pointing people, by the way of God pointing people, to Jesus, Jesus pointing people to God through us, or we're pointing people away from the Lord. And this gets man, uh, this, this manifests in a number of different ways. Tonight we're going to be in Matthew chapter 13. And uh, Matthew chapter 13, it's a, it's a, a very well-known parable of Jesus. And it's the parable of the sower. Not sower as in like needle and thread, but sower as in like the farmer and seed sowing seeds. And so it's this story of a farmer in his field. Farmer goes out to sow some seed, cast some on a path. The birds of the air come down, they eat the seed off the path because they like seeds. So they eat the seed. He casts some on rocky ground because, you know, his field clearly has some rocky ground. It has some fertile ground. It's got everything in between. He's got the rocky ground, so he casts the seed on the rocky ground. The seed quickly sprouts up this plant, but then the plant has no root because it's bound up by all these rocks. And then the sun comes out, and it scorches the plant, and it kills it. 
And then he cast some seed on ground that he didn't do a good job weed and feeding his field. And so he's got some thorns out there in the field. And the next thing you know, that seed hits the ground and it gets intertwined with the thorns and the thistles and the weeds choke out the good plant. And then he casts seed on some good soil. He's got that section of his field that's just pristine, amazing, and it yields a tremendous harvest. Now, the thing that's interesting about the way that Jesus is telling this story, and he goes through all of these different things, what happens next doesn't happen in all of Jesus' parables. He then begins to tell what the parable means. And he doesn't do it in all of them, but he does it in this one. And so we're going to pick up there. As Jesus is explaining, what is this story about the farmer and his field and these seeds and and how they all kind of result? What does that mean? We pick up there in verse 18 as Jesus says, listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and doesn't understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. And so we have this seed that's along the path. Jesus says this represents people who hear the word of God. They're drawn to it. They're enamored by the word of God, but it never takes root because the evil one distracts in some form or fashion and snatches it away. Sometimes it's in conversations with people where somebody's excited. They've come to church and they've excited. They're like, man, I, I've not heard it said this way before. And it really meant a whole lot to me. And they begin to tell their coworker about this. And next thing you know, the coworker who has a more dominant personality or is more convincing or whatever the case may be says, that's a bunch of bull. That's just... That's just stuff to try to make people feel better about themselves. That's not the truth. And that person begins to follow and says, you know what, I think you're probably right. And just embarrassed that they even said anything about it. It's gone. Verse 20, seed falling on rocky ground refers to somebody who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root... They last only a short time. I mean, man, they're on fire for Jesus. And man, they're going to tell all their friends about Jesus. And they're they're, they're excited because Jesus is the way to the fullness of life. And by the fullness of life, that means that, man, when you accept Jesus, things get better and better and better and better until the day Christ comes again. You know what happens in that moment? What happens when things don't work out the way you plan for them to work out? What happens when all of a sudden your air conditioner goes out and you're wondering, wait, I don't have enough money to replace my air conditioner. God, why'd you let that happen? What happens whenever there's a tragic accident and somebody in your family that is dearly loved by you loses their life? What happens whenever sickness enters into your home and all that kind of thing? This is what we're talking about here. This is that seed on the rocky path. And if the roots are not strong and stable, it's just this shallow faith. This is what happens when trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. In other words, when the enemy attacks, people are like, wait a minute. I thought God, I accept Jesus and it's happily ever after. I thought I accept Jesus and and God's the one that makes everything work out for my good in my own way. Ah. And then the hard times come and it's like, I'm now going to blame God for my hard times because God's clearly a liar, which is exactly what the enemy wants us to believe. Verse 22, the seed falling among the thorns, Jesus says, refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth 
choke the word, making it unfruitful. Man, I'm gonna tell you right now, man, money. Oh, money's a booger, isn't it? I mean, it takes money in order to live, we get that, but man, sometimes, you know, there's this thought process that I, I, I trust Jesus with my life, and the Lord's gonna supply all of my needs according to what I think my needs are. That's not the way the scripture goes, obviously, you know, but God's gonna supply all of my needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. You know, but, but, but we tend to clear, we clarify that by what our definition of needs is and, and uh, what, how God needs to just supply those needs in our lives. And man, it doesn't always happen that way, does it? You know, sometimes there's more month than there is money, and, and uh, we've, sometimes we get our, our dollars out of whack, and sometimes we prioritize things that are not of God, and they're more of self, and, and, and things just go sideways. But man, this, this person here, the seed falls, you know, on the thorns and the thistles, and that's what this is. I mean, the, the love of money is the root, is a root of all kinds of evil. And all of a sudden, the weeds begin to choke out. I begin to confuse the person. He goes, man, I thought, God, I thought you really had my best interest in mind. And now here I am, struggling, hungry, hurting. I don't understand. It's like, you know what? I don't need that. I'll go do it on my own. Verse 23, but the seed that falls on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. So finally, Jesus is helping us understand the seed that is cast on good soil, it signifies those and symbolizes those who receive the word of God and remain faithful until eternity. For all eternity, I should say. Now, we obviously know all these different kinds of soils and all these different kinds of people that we know. Our stories are interwoven in these stories. We've, some of us have lived these exact scenarios and, we're, and we've tried to sort out our faith and everything. It's difficult. And this is the most common way to read this story that Jesus is telling us is through the lens of the different kinds of soil. And that would be appropriate. In fact, it's really acceptable and understood that that's, that's a great way of reading this parable. And tonight, what we want to do is we want to not miss a character that sometimes gets overlooked in this. And you know who that is? It's the farmer. You got the farmer out there sowing seeds. Guess who you are in this story tonight? The farmer. We want to put ourselves in that seat because we can put ourselves in the other seats really, really easily. We want to put ourselves in the seat of the farmer this evening because the sower is the one who sows the word of God. That's what the story is about. It's about this sower who is sowing the word of God and how the word of God is either accepted or rejected in society. The sower is the one who sows the word of God. Here's what we can't control. We can't control the nature of a person who reads our story. We can't control the nature of a person that as we lay our lives down to care for a coworker, we can't control the outcome of the other coworker to read our story. We can't control whether a person is a fertile soil ready to receive the word of God to live the rest of their days as a changed man or woman on this earth. We can't we can't 
predict that. We can't make that happen. We also can't, we can't determine and control how the story of Jesus in our lives will be received. It's just not possible. It's not the way that it works, not the way it's supposed to work, actually. But there's something we can control. You want to know what that farmer could control? Whether he sowed good seed or whether he sowed bad seed. We get to control, no matter where the seed is sown, to sow good seeds. We get to sow good seeds because it's our job, as Scripture tells us, it's our job to sow seeds and to keep sowing seeds and to water those seeds. Guess whose job it is to help the roots to grow, to produce the flowers, to produce the the corn, to produce all that? Whose job is it to make it grow? It's God's job. But it's our job to sow the seeds. So what we want to do is we want to know no matter where we are, no matter what we're doing, no matter what's going on, no matter where we are sowing seeds, we want to always sow good seeds. And man, we get to kind of re-up this fall, don't we? We get to determine how we're going to do this fall. How are we going to do this next school year? And then we celebrate for the summer on vacation and all that kind of good stuff, right? How are we going to, to do that? How are we going to go about the start of this next race? God's job is to make them grow. It's our job to sow good seeds. So no matter where the seeds of our lives are being sown, school, home, work, play, church, everywhere, no matter where it is, sow good seeds. No matter how likely a person is to choose Jesus, no matter what a person's circumstances are, sow good seeds. Choose to sow good seeds because we don't get to determine the likelihood of somebody choosing Jesus or not. We don't get to determine that. No matter where we sow seed, though, the key is to sow good seed. You got it yet? I've said it about 85,000 times, it seems, already. Sow good seed, right? So this is where we are. The seeds. You want to know it's good seed? Your life story is either sows either sows seeds of accepting Jesus or rejecting Jesus. There really is no in-between. We're either sowing seeds that, 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 that point people to Jesus or we're sowing seeds that draw people away from Jesus. We're forking the road kind of people. That's the way this plays out. And I'm going to tell you right now, there is a growing trend in our nation that is highly concerning. It's not just in our nation, it's all over the world. Because what happens in Europe eventually makes its way to the United States of America, and it's already in Europe, and it's, it's hitting America really hard right now, and here's the growing trend. Do you know somebody in your life that loves Jesus and rejects the church? This is a highly concerning trend. The church is the bride of Christ. I think we can all agree and we can all accept the fact that, yes, throughout history, World history, church history, there have been things in the church's past that none of us are proud of. We own those things, and we are very open about that. But it doesn't mean it needs to result in the rejection of the church. This is a highly concerning trend. People who claim to know Jesus, claim to follow Jesus. I love Jesus, but I hate the church. I love Jesus, but I don't respect the church. I love Jesus, but there's a, this is a sowing of bad seed. It is a sowing of bad seed, and it does not end well for anybody. 
In fact, what ends up happening, the result oftentimes will be a walking away from and a rejection of the faith, either from the person or from people that they're sowing this seed to. Oftentimes, both. And you guys and gals, this is a tough, tough deal. This is a tough one. Because that life story is highly concerning. Now, on the other end of the spectrum, we also know people who are prioritizing people over problems, prioritizing people over perceived problems, prioritizing people over the problems of the world. And we understand that this sowing of the seeds that they sow is encouraging people to join the journey of seeing through the exterior of a person, whether they claim Jesus or not, through the exterior of a person to the heart. That's not something that anybody came up with themselves. That's Jesus, because Jesus was the one that set this in motion for all of us to follow. And so, yeah, this is the life story that... that, that um, that produces unconditional love that leads to the lavish giving of grace, mercy, and forgiveness. This is the sowing of seed that says, there is nothing you will do that will make me love you any less. I may not like you in certain situations, but in this, there's nothing you'll do that'll make me love you any less. This is a huge sowing of seed. And so you guys know where we're going tonight. You know where we are and we're going to get there right now. What seed are you sowing? In the classroom, on Friday nights, at home when nobody's looking, at work, on your business trips, what seed are you sowing? In order to get in good with certain people, what seed are you sowing? What seed are you sowing? Are you sowing the seed that it's relationship in all things? Relationships in all things. In other words, man, what matters is you. What matters is our relationship. And we're going to enter into the worlds of one another and care for each other in a way that not everybody will but in the way that's been done to us through Jesus, and so therefore we're gonna do it to others. Relationship, sowing of that seed. How about this one here? You're sowing the seed of who you're for rather than what you're against. See, that's an important one for us to re-up on right now. If you've never heard us talk about this before, this is a really important one. We are for people over their problems. We're not looking at a person and say, you are discounted because of what you've done. We look at a person and say, you are a priority because you are you. What you do is not who you are. We look through the mud to the masterpiece. People over their problems, who you're for rather than what you're against. Are you, are you sowing the seeds of generational impact? Because good gosh, man, I sure as heck hope that we're not in this thing just for us today. I sure as heck hope that we're living this life and we're sowing these seeds so that the next generation gets to experience Jesus at a level we can only dream of. And that then our grandkids are going to get to experience Jesus at a level that our kids only dream of. Our great-grandkids and on and on and on to a thousand generations because that's the definition of a blessing. 
That's the definition of a life that honors the Lord. And we're sowing these seeds to where this is something that doesn't just impact today. It impacts for generations to come. Are you sowing the seeds of shining the light of hope in hard places? Because, man, I'm going to tell you right now, there's so much hard. It doesn't take very long for us to figure out how hard things are in our world today. Just watch the news for about five minutes. It's hard. You don't even have to watch the news. Just look at our lives. Just what's happening in everything. I mean, no, there's no doubt. It's hard. But what seeds are we sowing? Are we sowing doom and gloom or are we sowing hope? Are we dealing something that masks the problem or are we dealing something that actually benefits? What seeds are we sowing? What seed are we sowing? I mean, what it all boils down to is very simply put this. As we re-up this fall, we want to sow the seeds that we love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And we love our neighbor as we love ourselves, which means we're elevating our neighbor over and above ourselves, but we're very much so understanding that we are God's masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus to do good works that God has planned in advance for us to do. What seeds are we sowing? Don't sow the seeds of negative self-doubt. No, don't sow those seeds. That's bull. That's not of the Lord. That's from the pit of hell. We gotta sow the seeds of unconditional love. Y'all, we gotta remember this fall. Man, I don't mean to, 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 to put too much pressure, but at the same time, I very much so mean to put pressure here. Our lives either accept or reject Jesus. What seeds are we sowing? And so as we go about our days from tomorrow forward, maybe even tonight after service is over and, and carrying on into our home, what seeds are we sowing? Because our lives either accept or reject Jesus, and it causes a ripple effect. It causes a ripple effect in other people. And so tonight, we're on this, this is this back-to-school Sunday. I know some of you guys are like, dude, I've been in school for two weeks. Some of you are like, I've been in school for a week. Some of you are like, I start tomorrow. Yay. Back to school, right? This is one of those moments in time for us that we're kind of all in the same boat, no matter who you are. It's that season of life. Tens of thousands of students, teachers, support staff, administrators are in the process of beginning the school year. And it is vitally important that we decide what seeds we will sow and what story we will tell. You want to know why? We have, to, we have to do it before we get there. You can't wait until you're in the situation. you got to handle it before you get there because what we choose will guide our tone of voice. It will guide our demeanor. It will guide our body language. It will guide our social media messages. It will guide the perception of people and on and on and on. The choice that we choose of how we will view people, no matter where you are in life, no matter how you educate your kids, no matter where you work, no matter where you do for play, it doesn't matter. This season, we're in this, we're all re-upping. And regardless of who the seeds may fall on this fall, winter, and spring, regardless of who it is, may our lives sow the seeds of the real Jesus, accepting Jesus's will and way to everlasting life, which then ushers in a life that thinks on the good things, that speaks life, and that brings peace to a world that desperately needs it. We have those seeds. 
They are at our disposal. We just get to choose whether we're going to sow them or whether we're going to sow the other seed, the not God seed. We're going to take some time to pray together tonight. And so we've got these tables. They're not just here uh, to eat around, although we will be doing that here in just a few moments. But these are your prayer groups. People in here in the middle here, we're going to be praying together. And so what I want you to do is just kind of in your brain right now, just form a little group. And, uh, you know, three, four, five, six, form a little group. And we're going to have some prayer groups. I'm going to put some prayer prompts on the screen. And we're going to sow some seeds. Or at least we're going to pray about sowing seeds. And we're going to pray over our administrators. We're going to pray over our teachers. We're going to pray over our students. We're going to pray over parents. We're going to ask God to do a mighty work in a mighty way. And the theme throughout it all is what seeds are we going to sow? It's not somebody else's issue. This is our issue. We get to choose what seeds we are going to sow. And so what I'd like to do is I'd like to just start us, and I'm going to pray. And as I finish praying, then if you guys would just kind of turn, and we're going to put the first prayer prompt. It's already up there. We're going to start with God. That's how we start, right? When we're taught to pray, we start with the Lord. And as we start with the Lord, then you're going to begin to just pray. We're not going to be on these very long because God knows some of you guys are hungry. Been smelling taco meat for like three hours now. So we're going to start with the Lord. We're going to pray, not for very long. So don't be waiting for people to start praying out loud. And I am asking you to pray out loud. Pray out loud so everybody can hear you, so that everybody can agree with you. Take some turns around the table and all that kind of thing. We want to be agreeing because we want a concert of prayer happening in this room. So this isn't the time to be bashful. This is the time to just, just talk to your Savior. Talk to the Lord. Just tell him, what seeds are we going to sow this fall? Lord, we need you and we love you and we are honored to call you Savior and Lord. Lord, we've got a job to do and we know it. We know by this parable of the sower that there's all kinds of different fields or there's all kinds of different situations in the field. There's all kinds of different people. Some are going to receive, some are going to reject, some are going to receive and give up, some are going to receive and live forever and ever following you. We don't get to control that, Lord. We trust you with all that outcome. Lord, what we want to do tonight is we want to sow good seed. And so, Lord, we want to just pray over. We want to pray over all of these that are involved in our education system because, Lord, it's hard right now. And Lord, there are teachers that need to be reminded that they love teaching. There are administrators that need to be reminded that this is a worthy goal that they have for teachers to love teaching, for students to love learning, and for people to learn how to honor one another and live with excellence on this earth. Father, there are students that need to be reminded that there are adults that really love them and care for them if they're not getting that somewhere else. There are students that that get to experience friendship and get to experience, and Lord, it's so important, Lord, that they also know that you choose teenagers to change the world. And that starts now. It's already started. And so, Lord, may we sow good seeds. May we sow the seeds of Jesus, the fruit of your Spirit. May we sow the seeds that, that give life, hope, love, 
and freedom. Father, we trust you with it. Will you be with us as we, we try to have a conversation with you? Will you fill in the gap where we're, where we're missing? And Lord, will you capture our hearts? We pray this through the name of Jesus. Amen. Everybody gather in your groups and let's just, let's pray. God first. Okay, everybody, let's transition. Let's, let's pray over our teachers and our administrators. Man, Lord, that's a big one there. That's a big one. Let's transition to our students now. Pray over our students. All right, everybody, great job. Last one. Let's pray over our parents. Lord, you are so amazing and so magnificent. Lord, I pray that you will, you will continue to, to help us as we ruminate and as we think on and as we pray over these different um, people that are a part of education on our earth. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to be a light bearer, to be an image bearer of you. Father, we know that, that you have big plans. And uh, Lord, you, you made them a long time ago as you imagined us into being. Lord, we want to sow those seeds. We want to sow the seeds of your goodness, your mercy, your grace, your forgiveness to sow the seeds of who we're for rather than what we're against, that everything is through relationship, Lord. And just like that we can't, we can't do anything that expels us from your love, Lord, may that be our story to other people. Lord, I pray that, that you help us to bring joy, to usher in your spirit and to be people of peace and people of goodness. Father, this is a need. Our world needs Hope needs your light. So Lord, will you shine your light? Help us. We believe, Lord. Help us where we wander and question. Lord, help us to sow good seed. We pray this through the name of Jesus. Amen.